Hey everyone, Bombs Away, a Minnesota Twins podcast is back. We are on the, I was about to say airwaves, but uh, it's my other job. Uh, we are on the internet waves. We're on, uh, you know, wherever you may be listening, however you may be listening, whether it is Facebook, Twitter, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcast, wherever you consume media, for the most part, we are there. It is Bombs Away. I'm CJ Baumgartner. I do want to apologize. I know that I've not been very, uh, uh, very forthcoming with podcasts since uh, earlier when we previewed the Blue Jay series, what feels like a week ago now. And the reason is, one, I was down in the cities for games one and two of the wildcard series. If you follow me on uh, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, uh, really just Facebook and Twitter, you saw uh, my videos uh, of being at the game, pregame, postgame thoughts. So I had some quick thoughts there. I wanted to do a podcast to be able to sit down and talk about this and go in depth. Uh, a couple of reasons. One, uh, we were just down in the cities and I had to write and I just didn't quite get the time. I had some time that I wanted to get that other stuff taken care of. I was down with my wife in the city. So like we, I wasn't necessarily able to, to sit down and spew my uh, on each game in the postseason for the wild card series. We're going to get to that in a second. Uh, we're also, also the second reason I may have lost my voice a little bit. Uh, you can you can hear that I'm a little nasally uh, on the broadcast, uh, but uh, I don't know if I'm just getting a little sick, if I caught a little cold because it's finally starting to get cold in Minnesota and like that first 20 degree temp shift, if my body's just like getting preliminarily sick uh, for that reason. My wife's been sick a little bit, so maybe I caught what she was having. Uh, or uh, with my throat though, uh, on, uh, this is embarrassing, uh, on on Thursday and Friday, I like barely could talk. And that was not good because uh, I don't know if you know this about me, but like I talk for a living, not, not just in this podcast or not the Beaver Banter Bemidji State theme podcast that I also do. Uh, also in the fact that I work in radio uh, and I had to go in the next morning after that Twins playoff game, me and my wife went to both games and I got back that morning and I could not talk. It was a struggle. And not just that. I had to do two play-by-play games. I had to broadcast a high school volleyball game on the Thursday night and a high school football game on the Friday night. So needless to say, uh, mistakes were made uh, in terms of me just going hard, but also I don't count it as a mistake. Yeah, those games weren't the best. I still was all right generally, but it was just tougher than it needed to be, I think is the best way to word it. And I wouldn't trade it for the world because to be at Target Field on Tuesday, And just walking into that ballpark, seeing everybody excited for the series, there's a little bit of angst. Yeah, of course, there always is when you start the postseason. And there was more Blue Jays fans there than I wanted there to be. Some of them were nice. Some of them were a little mad at Vlad Guerrero Jr. for reasons I think we all know why. And the other thing was, you just knew that something was going to happen. And it's the reason why I don't typically buy games. for. I've never been to a playoff game in my life. That's not high school sports. And I went there for the, for the first time. And the reason that I was so adamant, I was adamant about this like a month ago. I was like, I want to go. When it, came, when it became clear that the Twins were going to win the American League Central, I was like, I need to buy tickets and I need to be there because something about this team is, tells me that they're going to break the streak. I know we said this before in 2020, 2019, 2017, 2010, 2009, 06, 04, 03, 02. I, I, I get it. Like, each team has had their reasons for being up and down, but this is just the team. Like everything was clicking at the right time. The team was generally 
healthy. Pablo Lopez and Sonny Gray are two of the best, is the, one of the best one-two punches the Twins have had since Johan and Liriano. And in the playoffs, the Twins didn't even get Liriano. They just had Johan. So for the Twins have both of those guys be in the postseason, I mean, it's, it's special. And I knew that I needed to be down there to watch those games. And so me and my wife went down there uh, and we watched game one. And it was just everything to see Royce. As you knew it was going to be special. We talked about this on the last podcast. I talked about, I said, look, there's no fake fans out here. I understand why people are cautious about the twins, but I was here to say on that last podcast, this is a group worth buying into go to target field, be loud, make your voice heard, do all that stuff. And I know you didn't do it because I said it, but target field was loud. They responded to my fake challenge that I'm sure everybody at the ballpark was not, uh, was not doing it. Cause I said so, but you got to the ballpark and it was just different. The crowd was loud. Everybody was ready. And it helped a ton that Pablo Lopez zero in the first inning, the twins got up. And of course, of all people, Royce Lewis, who we didn't think was going to play. I knew he was going to be on the, it seemed like he was going to be on the roster. And I felt like he was going to be at the DH. If you look at my lineup uh, that I predicted, it was similar. I don't think it was hundred percent correct. It was fairly close to what the lineup ended up being for game one. And to see Royce Lewis come back in the lineup and do what he's did all season long, which is as soon as he comes back from injury, he just picks right up where he leaves off and just hits moonshots. And for him to hit that home run in the first inning, just got the crowd into it. And for Kevin Gosman, who's a great pitcher, he struck out more people this season than Pablo Lopez. Only one other person. And I can't remember the, which pitcher it was that led the league in strikeouts this year, but Gosman was two. Pablo Lopez was three. Kevin Gosman is a good pitcher. And for the Twins to get to him in the first inning and for the crowd to seize on that, to sense on that, there were chants. I talked about, can you do the Cueto, Cueto chants? Can you do that? And the Twins did. The Twins fans did. There were, I mean, it was a section in left field that was doing it for the most of the game, but there were times when that ballpark was getting so loud, you could hear it on the ESPN broadcast. I went back and watched it and you could just hear fans going, Gosman, Gosman. Gosman, and he like threw his his uh, pitch com. For those of you who don't know, uh, pitchers and catchers, if they want, can have this little device, and all the infielders too can have this little device in the side of their hats next to their ear, and it just tells them fastball, curveball, pickoff, you know, whatever pitch out. Uh, these things it tells them what pitch they want to do, and it was so loud at Target Field that Kevin Gosman could not hear it, and he like threw it back towards the dugout, like he was like, get this thing out of here. And as soon as the crowd saw that it blew up like target field just knew that they were in his head. They knew that they were getting to him and it just, and Gosman ended up pitching fine. He gave up another home run to Lewis, but he gave up three runs in about five innings. It's not a, a horrible line. And still though, he just had to work so much. And, and it was just, he was uncomfortable all game long. And yeah, the twins, I'm going to put it more on the twins hitters. Like again, as we talked about like 95% of it goes to the twins for having good at bats, good swings, not getting themselves out most of the time, putting up just enough runs, putting good swings on it. And the other 5% goes to the crowd because he was not comfortable with all the Gosman, Gosman. Like there were times in that game where they were doing let's go twins chance. And the t- then the, cr- the whole stadium was doing it. Me and my wife just like, we were doing it at first and we just stopped. And we just look up and we look around at the ballpark and we just see everything like how loud the place was getting. The place was like shaking. It felt like, 
and to hear how loud it got, you could like hear it going up into the air. I don't know if that's how sound works, but you could hear it go like up into the air and out of the stadium. It was just this crazy environment. It was awesome. It was awesome, awesome, awesome. And on top of that, the Twins just made the plays they needed to make. Michael A. Taylor made two great plays in the, in the outfield. Carlos Correa doing Carlos Correa things. We'll talk about him in just a second. But Carlos Correa, he said, like all month of September, I know I'm not healthy. I know I've sucked this season. I'm paraphrasing. Uh, he, Carlos Correa basically said, I know I'm not healthy. I know I haven't been producing. But get me to the playoffs, and I know what to do. Carlos Correa, there was a ball. Again, Polanco, not an ideal third baseman, but Royce Lewis still rehabbing the hammy. He tried, and it's a tough play. Polanco had one error to begin the game. Not ideal. Polanco had a, uh, the second play was tougher. I don't, that's a tough play even for a normal third baseman. Uh, he had to play, it was one high hop and he basically had to play the short hop to try and like get underneath his glove. I got great visual if you're watching on any of the visual broadcasts and he like tries to scoop it up and he tries to quick fire across, but he missed grabbing the ball and it deflected off his glove and it ricocheted. I think it was Bichette. It was rounding second base and he was trying to get home it was just a great heads up play by Correa running, covering ground all the way from second base. I know people are like, why wasn't he backing that ball up earlier? But the way the defense was shifted just wasn't ideal positioning. He recovered and he does what Carlos Correa does. He threw a P to Ryan Jeffers at home plate. Jeffers applied the tag. Place blew up. Target field blew up. Uh, Griffin Jacks, great, great outing. Yoan Duran does Yoan Duran things. Twins win 3-1. Pablo Lopez throws a gem. And I wrote this for zone coverage. The sweeper was working for Pablo Lopez. He did not have the big inning that seemed to have always gotten him. He handled the bottom of the order like in earlier starts this season. He wouldn't always quite do that. And I wrote for zone coverage. Part of the reason why I didn't do a podcast ever is I really wanted to write an article talking about Pablo Lopez and not just his game one start, not just the fact that he proves to be the Twins' number one starting pitcher, not just that he helped snap the streak with his great performance, shutting down a tough, Toronto Blue Jays lineup. I know that they're up and down, but they have the potential to kill you. And Pablo shut him down. Five and the third innings of one run ball. Put the Twins in a position to win that game. That's not just why Pablo Lopez is your ace. It's why can we please, for the love of all that is good and holy, I love Luis Arise, but it's time to be done with the Luis Arise trade. It's time to be done. I don't even care if the Twins won or lost the trade. You know what? I want Luis Arise to have a great career. And he still will. He won the batting title this year. He helped Miami to a playoff berth. Like that guy, I love Luis Arise. This isn't an anti-Luis Arise take. This is a pro-Pablo Lopez take. And ever since the Twins traded for Pablo Lopez, I got on this podcast and I talked to you about it. I got on zone coverage and I wrote about it the day of. I said, losing Arise stings. He's a great player. He's a fan favorite. We all love watching him play. But this Pablo Lopez guy can be special. But I'm going to tell you, I did not think Pablo Lopez was going to be this good for the Twins in the postseason. His ERA wasn't quite where it wanted it to be, but he let, he was second in the American League in strikeouts with 234. He had over 200 strikeouts in a season. I don't think a twin since Johan was able to do that. Johan Santana, Pablo Lopez's boyhood idol. He comes into game one of the postseason wearing a Johan Santana jersey. You just knew. That guy is calm. That guy is smart. That guy is cool. That guy is collective. And that guy threw his sweeper on point on Tuesday afternoon. He got the strikeouts when he needed. Nothing was hit particularly hard off of him. And Pablo Lopez did Pablo Lopez things. And it justifies the Arise trade. It justifies it. Pablo Lopez in the regular season could have made a case to say, 
yeah, the Twins gave up an all-star and a batting champ. The Twins got an all-star back and a guy who was second in the American League in strikeouts. That's not a bad trade-off. But a start like that, and especially a start like tonight, especially going into Houston, down 0-1 in the series, putting the team on your back, as much on your back as a baseball player can do, because it's very hard in baseball for one player to solely dictate a game. But Pablo Lopez did as much as he could. He threw seven shutout innings, gave up, I think, five hits was the overall line score. I'm trying to look at Pablo Lopez's final line in the box here. Pablo Lopez, seven innings, six hits, seven strikeouts, only one walk through 105 pitches, 69 of them were strikes. That's a, about as nice of an outing as you can hope for if you're Pablo Lopez. This is why you get Pablo Lopez. It's why I, I miss a rise. I, like, I get it. But would Luis Arise have, have been able to do this? Would, like, that's the thing. This isn't an anti-Arise thing. This is that the Twins needed a legit number one ace. And, I, and Sonny Gray's been great. I've really enjoyed watching Sonny Gray pitch. But the fact that the Twins got a young, controllable starting pitcher, not only who they locked up until 2028, but they've locked up Pablo Lopez and also developed him. The reason Pablo Lopez signed the extension is because the Twins put all this work in the winter, developing the sweeper, changing the way he pitches, changing his approach, and have turned him from a really good number two starter to a legitimate ace. And it's been amazing to see. And it's why, again, I didn't care about... Obviously, I wanted to keep Luis Arise on my favorite baseball team. But if the price of getting him was Luis Arise, I'm okay with it. And I know there's some people that say, well, could the Twins have traded somebody else? Who are you willing? Were you going to give up Royce Lewis? Like, there was no hitter that the Marlins wanted. The Marlins wanted a pure contact. They wanted a hitter. The Twins really didn't have anybody who were going to offer up. And would you have wanted to trade Royce Lewis? Like that would have been the, I'm not, I can't remember if he was, his name was actually thrown around, but it would have been a guy like that. You would have had to give up a guy like Royce Lewis. You would have, I know he wasn't in the twins farm system, but you would have had to give up a guy like Walker Jenkins. You would have had to give up a really, really good top prospect or a really good proven major league baseball player. And Pablo Lopez has done everything that the twins needed him to be. And he has been. And it's been fun. I, I remember watching Johan Santana. It was towards the end of his Twins time. Really, I, I, was a, I started watching the Twins maybe in 05. That was when I went to my first Twins game. I really paid attention to the Twins starting in 06. And, 07, and 08 was really like the first season I started like every single game. I was following the team. I was keeping track of roster moves. I was like 06 and 07. I was like kind of following along. Like I like this baseball team. They're from my hometown. I like Maurer and Morno and Hunter and Santana, but I, I, this is the closest thing since Johan Santana that we've seen. Sonny Gray's pitched well in spurts. Liriano's pitched well in spurts. Um, there have been guys, Barrios has pitched really well, and he almost killed the Twins. And Pablo Lopez has just done it all. I can't tell you guys how glad I am to have Pablo Lopez on this team. It is crazy. It is crazy. So, uh, I could gush about him all game long, but just the things he's able to do, the way that he talked about the streak of like, he's not scared of it. And I talked about on the last podcast about how this team feels like a team of destiny. They're embracing breaking the postseason losing streak. They're not brushing it off. It's like, uh, that's our, that's the old twins thing. This is our, like, we're trying to do a new thing. This is, we understand what happened. And you know what fans, we're going to break it for you. 
We are going to be your knight in shining armor that is going to smash the postseason losing streak, that is going to slay the dragon. And they did. And it's so fun to get to see this team do this. And Pablo Lopez talked about it. He's like, it's hard to break this postseason losing streak. It's a challenge. But anything that's worth doing is. I'm paraphrasing again. But Pablo Lopez had just a lot of really nice things to say. Pablo Lopez is just a dude. He gets it. He's a great teammate. He's a great leader. He's been a great ambassador. And a lot of Twins fans have been holding kind of pro arise. Not necessarily that they didn't like Pablo, but they were judging Pablo very harshly because of the fact that they had to give up a rise. And I get it. I get your logic on that one. But Lopez is everything the Twins have wanted him to be. And he's locked up for about what the Blue Jays are paying Jose Barrios to be their number two starter. The Twins are in a really, really good spot. In a really good spot with Pablo Lopez. And the other thing about this is the Twins won game two in Houston. It's tied up 1-1. And now they go back to target field to try and win the series. And even if they have to go back to a game five in Houston, you know who's going to be on the mound for the Twins? That's right. It'll be Pablo Lopez on full rest. So needless to say, the Twins are in a great spot. Now, here's my other thing. This is two of the biggest I'm him moments I've ever seen in Twins postseason history. Mainly because I've never seen an I him moment in Twins postseason history, really in my lifetime. I wasn't paying attention to the 04 Twins. Uh, But to see Carlos Correa put the team on his back, he had some nice moments. Uh, He didn't really do much at the plate in game one against Toronto, but he had the great defensive play, as we talked about. Carlos Correa in game two went and he had the RBI single and it put the twins up one, nothing in the game. And it proved to be the deciding run. The twins ended up winning the game two to one, but not just that. It also uh, was his great play in the field because remember Carlos Correa uh, is just a, he's a master of the game. We talked about, he wants to just say, get me to October. I know the situation. And because Carlos Correa has played a ton of postseason baseball in the very first inning, how loud target field was getting in game two, he goes up to Sonny Gray and he says, hey, Sonny, just so you know, it's so loud in here that the Blue Jays base runners cannot hear their base coaches yell at them to get back. Just so you know. So get ready, because at some point in this game, we might need to do a pickoff play. And with uh, Bo Bichette, who is who led the league in hits last year, and I believe the year before, and probably would have led the league in hits again had he not been hurt, around August. He comes up to the plate with two on, two out, runners on second and third, and Vlad Guerrero Jr. on second base. And he's the tying run. He's trying to get as big of a lead as he can get. So on a single, which Bo Bichette probably was going to get in that at bat, he could score. And he got just enough of a lead where uh, uh, where a pickoff play was called. And they go back to the base. They tag him out on the pickoff play. And Vlad's dead to rights. And I remember watching it live in the ballpark and they just see the pickoff. And, you know, as a fan, you're always yelling like, oh, they got him. And you're like, you're half like, I don't know if they did. I hope they did. And you just see the umpire just emphatically do the out call. And that place exploded. It Target field exploded with that. And Correa and like Sonny Gray, two dudes who get pretty intense, were both like looking at each other like, ah. And and they showed the replay in the ballpark. Because, of course, if you're Toronto, you just have to review that one. and. As soon as they got the definitive call that he was out, the ballpark lit up again. It was so loud that it didn't even matter. The umpire turned his mic on and the crowd already was cheering. Like you could not hear the guy talk and try and explain. Target field was getting so loud. It was insane. And 
Carlos Correa, again, it was timed perfectly. Sonny Gray talked about a postgame. Correa talked about a postgame. But Sonny Gray said that that's a play that they work on in spring training. Like, that's one of the very first things you do is you work on the pickoff plays to your shortstop. And the Twins got a guy at some point in the season, I believe it was against Texas, in Arlington. And they've done it before, but also at the same time, uh, you just, in a, po- in a playoff game, postseason, if that throw gets away, one run scores, potentially two. And it could just be a deflating thing. And instead, that pickoff play, pretty much, I know the or- I, I know the Blue Jays loaded the bases in the next inning and Thielbar came in, got his only ground ball double play of the season in that situation. But that was that just felt like a situation where your best hitter was at the plate. You had two on, two out. And for you, your own team to take yourself off the bases like that, it reminded me of in 2009 when Nick Punto got picked off at third in the Metrodome against the Yankees in the game three of the ALDS, and the Twins ended up getting swept. It was that kind of deflating, like, that happens, and you're like, we're going to lose. We're not winning this ballgame. And that's exactly what happened. But for Correa to time that play out perfectly, and again, he's like, uh, he mentioned trying to sneak up on him. I, I made the point of, like, it's like a deer hunter. Like you're, you're picking up your feet as you're walking through the leaves because you're trying not to be loud and spook the deer as you're walking through the woods. That's exactly what Correa was. It was like a soft one, two. And as soon as Gray turns around and throws that baseball to second base, it's not just that Carlos Correa is like running to the bag to tag him out. Carlos Correa is at the bag and he's there like on a knee waiting for the throw to tag out Vlad Jr. Amazing. It was just a fun baseball play. It was fun to see that live target field. It was two of the most intense. It was two of the best sporting events I've ever been to in my life. Awesome. I can't tell you which one was better. Game one broke the streak and there was fun. And you got to see Royce Lewis have an I'm him moment. But game two is you got to see the twins win a playoff series. You got to see target field, like sense that you got to see in a two, nothing victory. Like just, you got to see the play by Correa. You got to see Correa make another tough play like backhanding a ball, firing it across his body. You got to see uh, the Twins clinch. And all of that was fun. And now as we get to game one, again, the big deal, should Ober or Ryan start in game one? I thought it really didn't matter. I, I'm going to be honest. It was kind of a wash for me. You're going up against Verlander. You're pitching one of those guys in their first career playoff start in game one in Houston. Like it probably wasn't going to go well for you. And it did. The Twins gave up two home runs to Jordan Alvarez tends to do that to guys. And which is why Pablo, again, having to go over three with two strikeouts against him, huge. Uh, and then, cause he comes up against Stewart and unloads a two run home run, uh, which is the point of Jordan Alvarez, whether it's steel bar, whether it's over, whether it's Stewart, uh, Pablo Lope, or uh, Jordan Alvarez is going to get his, uh, and even against Pablo Lopez, if they have to play game five, there's no guarantees that things are going to go the exact same way they did. Cause baseball is a weird sport. But the whole point is to say, uh, again, Jordan Alvarez is going to get his. You just have to be in a position to where when he punches you, it hurts as little as possible. Jordan Alvarez went yard, two-run shot. Twins are up six. They won six-two. They won by four. They had the cushion. It happened late in the ballgame. It was with one out. The Twins came back and got the other two outs. Like, it's that kind of situation. Jordan Alvarez is going to get his. So make sure that you're in a position where you're going to be okay. It's like the Vikings played Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and all the gang, they're going to get what they're going to get. So put yourself in a position where it's going to hurt less. You know, like 
take advantage on your end. And when they do that, it doesn't hurt. If you don't take advantage on your end, it's like the Twins left base runners on in the first inning in game one. And then Jordan got his. If the Twins tie the game up or if the Twins get a two-run lead in the first inning and Jordan hits that shot in game one, it hurts, but it hurts less. And like, this is a no bleep Sherlock kind of moment, but it it's the whole thing of like, Good players are going to do good things. The Houston Astros are a good lineup. You are not going to shut them down every single game like Pablo Lopez just did tonight. Even if Lopez pitches again, the likelihood that he pitches seven innings shutout is just not going to happen. Which is why when you get those outings, when Pablo Lopez, I tweeted this out, when Pablo Lopez struck out Jordan, it's like, holy cow, they just got him out. And not only did they get him out, they got him out three times in a ball game. You need to win this game. And they did, and they took advantage. The Twins took advantage of their mistakes. The Twins in game one, one for 12 with runners in scoring position. Uh, And they're much better today. Now, I think they said like Carlos Correa is like two for three with runners in scoring position this postseason, and the Twins are like one for 22 or something like that, which sounds about right. Uh, But it's why, again, postseason home runs are so important because one good swing is a lot better than three good swings to get a single, 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 or a double, single, single, or you know what I'm saying? We talked about this on the last pod. Uh, but it's why, again, the postseason is random and things just kind of happen. If you had Kyle Farmer postseason home run off Framber Valdez on your bingo card, congratulations. You should go buy a lottery ticket. Uh, Kyle Farmer, great game. Stepped up. Had a nice night. Uh, good games from... Uh, Willie Castro, he was able to get his, um, and really, uh, let's just, I mean, I've waited 25 minutes, but Carlos Correa, Carlos Correa, Carlos Correa, Carlos Correa. This is why you get Carlos Correa. This is why you put up with the frustrations. This is why you put up with the strikeouts, with the injuries, with the double plays that Carlos Correa grounded into all season long. And I talked about this on the podcast when September Correa was happening. I said, just wait until we unlock the October Correa DLC. And oh boy, howdy, did we unlock the October Correa DLC. Just amazing. Just amazing. And for Carlos Correa to do the things he's doing, we talked about his performances in the wildcard series. They were good, but not great. He had a good game one hit. He tied David Ortiz and Derek Jeter on the all-time playoff RBI list. We talked about how this guy shows up in playoff games. And not only did he show up, he showed up big in his old ballpark. He got cheered when he got introduced in the game one, like pregame festivities on the roster. And since then, he's gotten booed because he's been tearing up his old team. Carlos Correa went three for four today with a single, a double, a whole, uh, uh, not a home run. I think he had uh, two singles. But you get my point. Uh, Carlos Correa, man, uh, just everything you wanted him to be. This is why you signed Carlos Correa. And I pray to the good Lord every single day and thank him that not only did the Twins get Carlos Correa, but the Twins got Carlos Correa at a discount. Remember, Carlos Correa was going to make like $35 million a year. He was going to make $40 million a year uh, in, uh, in San Francisco and with the Mets. And not only did those two teams not want him over dumb reasons, but they let the twins get him and get him at a discount. Carlos, make Carlos Correa a twin for life. I know that there's still more years on his contract, but 
Carlos Correa in year one is already proving why you get him on your baseball team. How many times when we watch the Twins, where there's the wild card series, uh, or excuse me, the wild card game in 2017, the ALDS in 2019, even going back to the 2009 and 10 series, where it just felt like when the lights were bright, there was some yellow substance running down the legs of hitters, especially going into Yankee Stadium. Like Twins hitters were scared to play. And he comes in and just plays his style of ball. And not only that, helps out his teammates. Like Jorge Polanco hit an absolute moonshot. Royce Lewis hit a home run in game one as well. And Carlos Correa coming in with Jorge Polanco drawing a walk in game uh, in the first inning of game two. Hits one off the wall. And again, Carlos Correa just knows what to do. He gets the run across. Twins lead one nothing. Then in the next inning, Farmer hits a two-run shot. And then with the bases loaded, he hits a two RBI single to make it five nothing and basically put the game out of reach in the middle innings. There was a lot of baseball left to be played and the twins got another run later, but it was just one of those moments where it was like, nah, like a three, nothing game. Houston can come back from pretty easily five, nothing. No three RBIs in this game for Correa. Yeah. And it's why all the talk during the regular season was just like, this dude knows how to show up. This dude passed David Ortiz and Derek Jeter in all-time postseason RBIs. He's at 63, tied with David Justice. Old man Justice? That's a, that's a money ball reference there. Uh, but it, it's crazy. And for the Twins, I just can't... Again, I've been gushing over Pablo. I've been gushing over Correa. But having these two guys on your baseball team is the reason why the Twins are tied 1-1 with the Astros and the ALDS and beat the Blue Jays and swept the Blue Jays in the wildcard series. The Twins, by the way, handed the Astros their first ALDS loss at Minute Maid Park since 2015. They know how to take care of business, Houston does. They're a good team. So we talk about, well, it's not Yankee Stadium. I understand that, but Houston is like more of a, their better version of what the Yankees are, which is they're a perennial powerhouse. Like in this era of the Astros compared to the, the era of the Twins, I know that they won the World Series in 09, but there's just this whole thing of like Houston, like there, it's that's a tough place to go down into Houston and play. And the Twins not only went there and gave them a scare in game one, like they were down six, uh, five nothing, but they made it five four and they lost six four. But the fact is, is that they kept it close and they made Houston have to use their good relievers and burn into their bullpen and didn't let Houston skate away on a blowout. And it mattered in this game. They couldn't go to all their best relievers. They had to go to some of their other guys. The Twins chase Framber early. This whole thing. Just there's certain players, when the lights get bright, they know how to pitch. They know how to hit. Pablo Lopez has been that guy. Carlos Correa has been that guy. Yohan Duran's been that guy. Yohan Duran, uh, three shutout innings. I know he's given up a couple hits, but he's been the guy. The Twins have done everything that they needed to do. And not only that, you saw things work out and how the Twins built this roster, the depth, being able to turn to guys like Kyle Farmer and Willie Castro and Donovan Solano to start some of these games has been super important. Eddie Julian stepping up as a rookie, getting an RBI in this game today, super important. And again, just with everything, and with the way that the Twins have been going about this series and the way they've gone about this season with depth and with trying to work the platoon advantages. I know it's not always fun. I know it doesn't always feel like it works, but today it did today. The twins were able to flex their depth with Kyle Farmer being able to start at third base, 
instead of Jorge Polanco. Polanco goes over to second base. And just to have that depth and that flexibility to be able to turn to a Willie Castro. And then late in the game to have Kirilov come in and have Julian coming off the bench in a big spot and get that RBI. It's not always fun, but the Twins built this depth and it was able to work out. Overplayed depth. They got Michael A. Taylor on this baseball team. He's came up big. They've gotten Kyle Farmer. They got Donovan Solano. They got all of these guys and it's just come up so big for this team. Now there's one, a couple things that we'll leave you with because I've got to get to bed. It's late and uh, I got to uh, go to a work thing tomorrow. Uh, but for the Twins, their depth came to play. The starting pitching has came to play with Sonny Gray and Pablo Lopez. Bailey Ober didn't have the outing you wanted to, but you're not going to win them all, especially against Houston. The bullpen, for the most part, has done their part. And the Twins are in a great spot. They took home field advantage away. When you're the road team in a playoff series, you want to split those first games. You want to steal one on the road. There's the better, there's the better way to word that. You want to steal one on the road and win all your home games. And the Twins stole one on the road, and they go back to target field. And that game three energy, games three and four are already sold out. That energy is going to be huge for the Twins. And there was a tweet by Sarah Langs of uh, ESPN. And she said, when a division series with the current 2-2-1 format has been tied after two games, the club heading home for game three and four has wound up winning the series 28 out of 42 times, which is 67% of the time, two thirds of the time they've been able to do that. And again, it's Houston. They're the defending world champs. They know when to lock it in. They're a very talented team. I'm not here to tell you the twins are going to sweep the next two games, but the fact that they took a game off this very good Houston team, and they're not as good as they've always been, but they're still good. The fact that they were able to do this, Shows that this team can hang around. Twins won an American League Division Series game for the first time since 2004. And a Division Series game on, uh, uh, in general as well. They won a, their first Division Series game and their first Division Series game on the road since that 2004 game at Yankee Stadium. So, so much for the crowd that said, well, the wildcard series, it doesn't count. Now it does. Postseason series snapped. And now they have a chance to try and, and break the... Uh, DS streak and get to the ALCS for the first time since 2002. And they got a shot. And here's the thing. And I'm going to get big picture here for a second. We'll wrap the podcast up on this. Here's the thing. If the Twins can somehow get past Houston, that's the toughest team they're going to see in the American League. Baltimore, even if they win that series, their starting pitching is not up to snuff. They do not have the pitching to be able to, to keep up. Their closer got hurt. Their starting rotation has been cheeks and they like that they're they're gonna get swept like they're on the verge of getting swept they lost both of their home games to the uh, they lost both of their home games to the rangers and they're likely going to get swept there's no way that they go back to baltimore or at least it's highly unlikely if the twins can somehow get by this team the texas rangers do not scare me now bruce bochy knows how to manage in the postseason they got seager they got simeon potentially scherzer could be back, but they don't scare me. And if the Twins could let alone get to an ALCS, that'd just be amazing. But this is a year where it feels like if you can get on a run and you can stay hot, and the Twins certainly have the pitching to do that, the timely hitting was there today. It wasn't there yesterday, but it was there today. 
I've been saying all season long, just get this team in the postseason. Remember, there was a crowd in August that said, I don't want this team to make the postseason so they'll fire Rocco and fire the front office. And I want to tell you that's not the attitude to have because get this team in the postseason and let's see what happens. And they're in the postseason and they're making a little bit of noise here. All of the AL East fans that scoffed at the Twins for winning a division with 87 games, they swept an AL, uh, AL East team out of the postseason. The other AL East team in the wildcard series in Tampa Bay got embarrassingly kicked out and Baltimore is about to embarrassingly get kicked out. And the Twins right now, at least at the beginning of the series, are going blow to blow with Houston. This team is good. This team was always better than their record showed, especially in the second half. We talked about this on the podcast for the last few weeks. No team in the American League has played better in the second half of the season other than the Baltimore Orioles. And they're about to get bounced out of the playoffs. The Twins right now have a chance to do something special. This has the chance to, right now it's its own special season. But if the Twins can somehow get to the ALCS and get this on the 2002 level of special Twins, we look back on that Twins team and think fondly of it all the time. And this Twins team has a chance to do the exact same thing. They have a chance. Jump on the bandwagon. I don't care what you thought about this team all season long. Jump on the bandwagon. Let's go. There's plenty of room. This is going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Twins win. They even the series at one. This goes back to target field. Game three on Tuesday, 307 first pitch. Game four. If necessary, I believe would be a night game, especially if Baltimore is out. Uh, the Twins and Astros would be a night game for game four on Wednesday, which could potentially, if the Twins win, I mean, for one team on Wednesday, it will be a win or go home game. So we'll see what happens. This has been Bombs Away, Minnesota Twins podcast. Be sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, as well as Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and all of the like. Guys. This has been fun. Thanks for hopping on with me. I promise I'll be better at this. I hope my voice is getting a little better. My nose still isn't quite up to snuff, but we're going to get there. So thanks guys for joining with me. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to Bombs Away.